Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she is away. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Many people associate the term yoga with exercise. Kriya Yoga is a wider system, including philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. As a medical doctor and longtime practitioner of Kriya Yoga, I have found it to be a comprehensive system for the enhanced well-being on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. Today, our topic is self-discovery through yoga, and I am joined by Anil and Ashwini Surpur. So, Anil Surpur is president and co-founder of Yoga Bharati. He received a BKS Iyengar yoga training in Chennai, India in 1986 and has been practicing yoga since. He completed yoga teacher training, a yoga instructor certification course, at uh, and um, Vivekananda Yoga University or Vyasa in uh, 2003 and is on the faculty for Yoga Bharati Yoga Instructor Certificate Course and Meru Institute Yoga Teacher Training. Ashwini Surpar is, has a diploma in yoga therapy from Vivekananda Yoga University or Svasa in uh, Bangalore, India and is Director of Yoga Education at Yoga Bharati. She has spoken at conferences on yoga and Hindu philosophy and has written articles for magazines and news media uh, about yoga. Their website is yogabharati.org, which is yoga and then Bharati, B-H-A-R-A-T-I dot org. So welcome, Anil and Ashwini. I'm delighted that you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you, Laurel. Uh, good morning and namaste, Dr. Laurel. Uh, namaste to all yoga enthusiasts, practitioners, and listeners. Oh, wonderful. Before we begin to enter into our dialogue about self-discovery through yoga, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Om. Let's open our hearts and our minds to the divine. One reality called by many names is the support 
and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone. Within us, around us, and between us. In this moment, we simply let our attention drop from our heads down into our hearts. We become aware of our breath, noticing its natural flow. Not trying to change it, just noticing as we inhale and exhale. Cool air entering the nostrils and warm air flowing out. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change, beyond thought and sensation, pure existence being, unmoving, unchanging, birthless, deathless being. Peace emanates from the essence of our being and pervades the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Once again, Anil and Ashwini, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Thank Paramahansa, you, Dr. Yes, Paramahansa Yogananda said, Self-realization is knowing in body, mind, and soul that you are wholly established in God. To be self-realized, you only have to improve your knowing. So our topic today, self-discovery, really lies at the heart of yoga practice. This self-discovery involves all levels of our being, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So, Anil, starting with the physical level, what can the practice of yoga postures or asanas teach us about ourselves? Okay, um, so, Dr. Lava, as per yogic lore, um, we are made of five layers of existence, uh, what you call as um, uh, the five layers of uh, individual level. Um, mm-hmm. They are called as panchakoshas, as right. said in uh, Taitreya Upanishad, uh, which is the ancient Indian text on yoga and philosophy. So I'd like to describe uh, uh, these five layers. The first one is Annamaya Kosha, which is at physical body level. Then it comes to Pranamaya prana, prana Kosha, uh, right. the vital body that differentiates a, a live person from the dead. For example, it is prana that makes us move, talk, walk, and breath, breathe, right? Um, then third one is manomaya kosha, the mind or emotional personality. The, fi- the fourth one is uh, vijnanamaya kosha, which is the intellect. Then finally, it is anandamaya kosha, the pure consciousness that simply is about awareness of existence. Right. The outer layer, which is um, anandamaya kosha, it's our personality, which is at the physical level. That's where asanas and uh, yoga practices, um, postures, they come into play. Um, the, the yoga postures help us understand our physical body. Mm-hmm. This, this is being outermost um, seat of our existence. Only after we understand and transcend, transcend our body, we can move into the subtler and inner shape. Um, right. If body is troubling us, can you silence our mind? I don't think so. Because if you are sitting in Padmasana or Vajrasana for meditation, which are meditative pose, and if our, if our um, um, uh, joints and uh, muscles, they are not conditioned, then it will start paining our body muscles, and then we cannot uh, uh, bring the peace in our mind. 
So um, with these things, uh, as you practice uh, yoga, yoga asanas, and it will help us to condition our body and make it stronger, and which help us to go into the subtler level. Um, and it's, hence it is very important that one has to practice uh, asanas at physical level. Uh, that's why Patanjali, which is the father of yoga, he puts asana before pranam and meditation practices in his text mm-hmm. on Yoga Sutras. Self-discovery starts with the physical seat. Yes, yes, indeed. And as you've mentioned, you know, we we really need to be able to feel what's going on in our bodies and be aware of it in order to, um, you know, get any deeper into the, the layers that you've mentioned. So um, let's talk about the breath. So becoming aware of our breath and linking our breath with our movements are all practiced, um, are, are practiced in all yoga classes. So this helps us bring our attention and awareness into the present moment. So Ashwini, how does present moment awareness help us with self-discovery? Yeah, um, Patanjali says, as definition of yoga, he says, yoga chitta vritti nirodaha. It means yoga is about distractions, removing the distractions of mind. And uh, that is when we are said to be established in our true nature. He says, tada drashtuhu swarupe avasthanam. So that's when we are established in our nature. So when the distractions of the mind are removed, which means what are we removing essentially? We are removing past memories and the worries about the future. And when that happens, we are naturally living in the present moment. The question is, how do we achieve this? It's not easy to attain mastery over our mind. It's not easy to remove these past memories and future worries. The ancient yoga masters suggested using what we inherently and always have with us, and that is our breath, the bridge between uh, the voluntary and involuntary controlling systems of our body. So when we breathe slowly, the mind also slows down. In Sanskrit, we say, chale vatam, chale chittam, nishchale nishchalam manaha. means when the breath moves, the mind moves. When the breath slows down, the mind slows down. So when we practice breath and body synchronization, that means we move in an asana as we breathe, then naturally we are establishing ourselves in the present moment. And that is the yogic state of mind. So when yogi continues to practice this flow of consciousness with time, he is naturally transcending the mind. Right, and and it's always amazing to me if I come into a yoga class and I'm I'm distracted or you know I've been busy during the day, and just that that linking of our breath with our movements, bringing ourselves really into that into that present moment really that's the only place that anything can happen although our mind spends so much yeah. time in an and the course of a regular day spend so much time either in the future thinking planning worrying about what might happen or in the past you know concerns about yeah. what did happen that can't be changed now um so that's uh, there's something that's so restful about being in the present moment and i think yoga is such a wonderful practice for that to um, bring us in the present moment so that we can see where we are and as we practice on a particular day we notice that the physical patterns in our bodies of tension you know for example if i've been at the computer a lot of time during a given day of course i'll, I'll notice i have some tension in my shoulders and so you know by paying attention in the present moment that's really how we can discover all of these things yeah. about ourselves how are we breathing are we breathing fully? Uh, is there uh, is there tension in a part of our body um, as we move? You know, can we um, can we really link our breath? You know, with our with our movements to stay in the present moment. And of course, we get distracted, so we are okay. off and running. Right? You know, we oh, I forgot yeah. I was supposed to do that today <laughs> uh, before I yeah. came to yoga class. 
So gradually, as we practice yoga, we can develop a witness consciousness, the ability to notice our bodies, our thoughts, and emotions. We realize that we can observe them and that therefore we are not our bodies, thoughts, or emotions, but we are something beyond them. So Anil, how does this ability to witness our bodies, thoughts, and emotions help us in self-discovery? Um, as you rightly said, it's, uh, it's very, very important to to uh, observe and you know the key part of the yoga practice is um, observing and uh, and awareness right um, yoga helps us to develop um, sakshi bhava uh, the sakshi bhava is basically being a witness to the consciousness um, what does it mean so basically we start watching our mind our own mind right with your mm-hmm. thoughts and emotions as uh, as if we are third person to ourselves as a being a witness we are standing by the side of our practice and see witnessing the changes are in our subtle um, evolution happening in, in our practice. Um, so this helps to separate the me as a witness, person who is witnessing from my body. So me from my mind and also me from my feelings. So basically as a witness, we, uh, we separate ourselves from body, we separate ourselves from our mind and from our feelings. This is the key to self-discovery. So, so maybe Ashwini can add a few more points on this. Yeah, uh, so uh, let's say I'm practicing the uh, posture here and I'm slowly going into my posture. I'm raising my hand to go into a pose. As I slowly raise my hand, I can start watching the hand. Note that I'm not the hand. The hand is raising and I am watching. So that is the key. You understand that you are not the doer. You are simply the seer. And see, watch as you raise your arm, see the arm raising, the blood flow into the arms, or uh, the stretching of the muscles, the pulse, the cool air touching the skin. And be aware of all these subtle activities happening in the body. And similarly, when you are meditating, if you observe your mind, you can watch how thoughts arise, how they pass like clouds in the sky pass. And when we practice this kind of observation on the mat, then we start learning to become the witness to our own body body and mind. And when we do that, we start differentiating the pure consciousness, the observer, from the observed. This differentiation is what we call in Sanskrit viveka. It helps discover my own inner core, the supreme consciousness. So when we repeatedly practice this witness consciousness, being aware and being established in our witness consciousness, we'll be able to handle even the toughest of the situations in life because we are not involved in it. We are simply observing our own body-mind complex handle these situations. I call this uh, setting ourselves in a neutral gear. So we are neutral to the feelings of pleasure and pain, the love and hatred. So... Basically, you then transcend the dualities of life in a very natural way. Right. So yeah, I, I, I really... Is, uh, yeah. I was Go going to say, I, I like the, um, the image that you have of, of being in neutral. Because to me, what happens is it's like a space opens up between um, <clears throat> that witness consciousness and whatever is happening. And that space is so lovely because instead of being triggered immediately into a reaction, you know, something will happen and we'll get angry. We can, you know, there's a little space there uh, where there's something that happens in our lives and we're like, oh, okay, that make, that reminds me of something that happened in the past or, you know, oh, I'm getting angry. Now I can understand why I'm getting angry. And it gives us that opportunity to choose a different response and not just get as triggered into, into a response as might happen in our everyday life if we weren't practicing yoga. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So um, it looks like it's just about time for us to move to our uh, first break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guests Anil Surpur, President of Yoga Bharati, and Ashwini Surpur, Director of Yoga Education at Yoga Bharati. 
Both Anil and Ashwini teach in yoga teacher training programs at Yoga Bharati. You can find out more about the programs offered at their website, yogabharati.org. And Bharati is B-H-A-R-A-T-I. So yogabharati.org. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore self-discovery through self-discipline, self-study, and self-surrender. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for The Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Anil Surpur, President of Yoga Bharati, and Ashwini Surpur, Director of Yoga Education at Yoga Bharati. You can find out more about the programs offered at Yoga Bharati at their website, yogabharati.org, with Bharati spelled B-H-A-R-A-T-I. Today we're discussing self-discovery through yoga. The classical text, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, lists three central practices of yoga as self-discipline or tapas, self-study or svadhyaya, and self-surrender, Ishwara Pranidhana. This practice, uh, the practice of self-discipline refers to all of our efforts to live a yogic lifestyle, a life that it, that is in harmony with our soul nature. So Ashwini, what's an example of uh, tapas or self-discipline? So tapas um, essentially means um, it's a practical way to learn about ourselves. Um, basically, when we uh, want to uh, practice something, we start off very well, but then later on, we simply just cannot keep up with the practice. So tapas helps us maintain that discipline. Maybe Anil can elaborate a little more on tapas. 
Yeah, so um, as Ashwin mentioned, the tapas, which is self-discipline, is basically the practice of personal discipline with strict austerity. For example, if I resort to practice 10 minutes of meditation every day, uh, we might start off. Uh, generally, people take New Year resolution. Oh, I want to do practice this, and you know, I want this is self development. Then we will practice. We'll practice for a few days, and uh, uh, you know, slowly it will it will dissipate, right? Uh, tapas is um, is taking this with complete faith, which is called a sraddha. Sraddha is to follow the practice without fail. Without uh, this discipline, the things can quickly fall to crack. Um, it is self discipline that help us to progress in the path of spirituality. So self-discipline is very, very important and key uh, element here. The purity of character requires the fire of tapas. The one has to have the the fire of tapas to maintain that discipline. Um, As you practice self-discipline, our character shines. So we bring a lot of positive, you know, the development and positive outlook in, in personality. It is not easy. It is easy said that done, right? And right. Uh, we may fa- fail many times. We may fail many times, but we should pick up from where we left off and we should mm-hmm. gather ourselves from the fall and continue to run. So we'll discover our weakness and correct it. But um, if you decide to quit junk food, for example, to give an example, we end up eating junk more uh, because we start having the cravings and <laughs> again and again. And if I make that simple resolution that, you know, I want to reduce or stop drinking, uh, eating junk food, um, and we make that resolution and achieve res- resolution through strict diet, but I should, uh, uh, then we should not give up. Uh, this is called a tapas. Only with this kind of strict sadhana, we can achieve self-discipline. Right. And even part of self-discipline is that ability to continue to come back. You know, to, for example, uh, cleaning up our diet, as you've mentioned, or to meditation yeah. practice, as you also mentioned. So these are ways that we can, since we're, you know, talking in general about, about, um, you know, self-knowledge, these are ways that we get to know ourselves, too, by seeing mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. So we set a resolution, right? right? And then we, you know, right. and then we see what happens, and then that ability to come back to it and uh, and revisit it, you know, again. And of course, sometimes we yeah. get discouraged, but that ability yeah. to persevere and then to see what happened last time can teach us a lot yeah. about ourselves. So how does what we learn about that, our ability to be self-disciplined, then cycle back into our practice? Um, so basically, when we make that kind of resolve, we should also understand and contemplate where we have um, uh, left and why we we have left it, what what exactly made us uh, not follow through. And this continuous uh, self-inquiry, I must say, that will keep us going. So that will essentially take us to Swadhyaya here. um, Perfect, yeah. When we say say self-study, we are basically studying about ourselves as one thing and also Sometimes we are not, it's not enough for us to do our own contemplation. We may have confusions, we may have uh, frustrations because we are not able to keep up with this. So, you know, we may want to take the aid of our uh, guru or acharya. Uh, there are scriptures and there are books and, um, written by authorities. They also sometimes come to our aid. And this, this is what swadhyaya or self-study is all about, by repeated listening reading, contemplating, we can study our nature and our weaknesses and then make that mental resolve again and again with stronger and stronger and to finally break out of this uh, habits that we have got. And that is what Swadhyaya or self-study helps us to do. It gives us that motivation. Otherwise, we have a tendency to regress. Right. Yeah, what I have noticed in myself is so often seeing the results of whatever action that I've taken, which is a big part of of self-study, also then helps feedback into the self-discipline of wanting to do it differently next time. So, for example, you know, if I eat something that I, you know, I, um, you know, sugary snack or something, and then I feel really tired, you know, afterwards, like, oh, yeah, every time I, (laughs) 
for every time I eat that yeah. stuff. I do. It makes me feel really tired. <laughs> then again, it's part of noticing that that then feeds back, you know, into that mm-hmm. you know process of self discipline and say, well, yeah, I'm not going to eat that because I know I feel really crummy, you know, after after yeah. I eat that. Um. So um. So you you also gave the um. The, uh, a reference, Ashwini, in what you were saying to the the um, study of either, uh, you know, from a person. So if we know that someone is uh, really good at something, um, that is, some, yeah. you know, someone that we want to study. So there are also texts, there are, you know, individuals that we can, you know, talk to to increase uh, our ability. So all these things are part of the self-study portion. So then the third uh, practice of self-surrender or Ishwara Pranidhana means letting go of the erroneous idea that we are separate from God and embracing the truth that we are one with the infinite. So how can we incorporate self-surrender into our daily yoga practice? Okay. Um, So as per potentially uh, Ishwara Pranidhana or self-surrender is very much essential in deepening our practice, um, so this is uh, this is a this is a, um, a practice which will take us deeper in, in self. And as you go deeper and deeper into our practice, we are likely to develop subtle ego. So what happens is as we deepen our practice and we start grounding ourselves, the ego subtly start taking over. Uh, we may start feeling a sense of holier than thou, right? They say basically with people, what they call is um, the uh, the ego of uh, spirituality, right? So certainly we'll start developing that ego, and there begins the downfall of our practice. So it's very vicious circle, right? So we start practicing, we start coming out of the, the grosser level to the subtler level, then slowly the ego settles in, and then we start going to the spiral um, you know, win. So um, I think that's uh, that's what the Ishwar Pranidhana is. Maybe Ashwin can add a few points. Yeah, so self-surrender or Ishwara Pranidhana is the one and probably the only tool for dissolving the ego because the rest of them are all more of practices. But until and unless we learn self-surrender, um, you know, it's, it just is a subtler and subtler way of just making ourselves much more pronounced. So uh, I would like to quote uh, uh, what Kabir, um, the bhakti yogi of 14th century in India, did. He sings, I looked everywhere to find God, in the river, in the mountains, in the meadows, in the plains, but I could not find God. But then one fine day, it was God who started searching for Kabir, and alas, Kabir was not to be found anywhere. So basically what he's trying to say here is, as long it's as lovely. there is ego, yeah. Yeah, there is. You cannot find divinity, and the moment divinity establishes itself, then the ego is dissolved, and that mm-hmm. is the practice of self-surrender or bhakti, we can say, and it mm-hmm. it reinforces uh, swadhyaya, the self-study, and and tapas, the self-discipline. So these two, these three are essential. But basically, as long as we have this ego, as long as we don't know how to surrender, we simply are stuck into our uh, practice for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Isn't even getting back to you know uh, a basic yoga class? You know, for example, we may come in and um, there is someone in the class who's much more flexible than we are, you know, and can do the poses, you know, in a very beautiful way that we wish we could, but we can't. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, one of the things that can happen is, you know, people will say, oh, I want my body to do that. And so they push and then maybe get into injury. So this is even a part of, you know, surrender of allowing our bodies to be what our bodies are for today and not pushing ourselves um, into a way that is unhealthy, you know, for us, but accepting, yeah. accepting and, mm-hmm. you know, releasing and saying, hey, this is this is what my body can do today. I'm going to honor that. Um, and uh, let go of trying to look like uh, someone else or, um, you know, be someone different than what I am. Correct. Mm-hmm. So uh, meditation is a key practice of yoga, um, which, uh, you know, many of the yogic texts, although although mostly in the United States, when we talk about yoga, people are imagining the physical postures. Um, and yet... In the um, classic yoga text, uh, physical posture, asana, is just a preparation, really, for, you know, meditation. So how is meditation helpful in self-discovery? 
Okay. Uh, so meditation is also called as mindfulness is the key to practicing self-discipline. Uh, self-discipline, self-study, and self-surrender, which is kind of progress, right? We first do self-discipline, and then, as Ashwini mentioned, it's self-study, which is um, uh, then which leads to self-surrender. Um, uh, basically, the the way meditation practice is done, choose one time of the day, because this is, again, self-discipline, right? Unless we structure ourselves, plan our activities, it, otherwise it just uh, falls up through crack. So choose one time of the day. It could be morning, or it could be during our break time, and, or it could be in the evening. Many corporate offices, they provide the infrastructure called a meditation room where you can take a break and go and practice there. So important thing is choosing a time of the day and place, either it could be at home or at, at work, for meditation. A time and place away from pressure of life because we are all under a lot of stress and you know, hectic life and uh, carving out our time from a pressure, uh, um, uh, hectic life is always uh, important to success. And also it takes a years of meditation for self-discovery, right? It's just not that something I sit for 10 minutes and, oh, wow, I'm, I'm enlightened. It's not that. It's, it has to be a very deep and uh, deep practice and takes years. And, um, and research has shown that even 20 to 30 days of meditation can improve the quality of life and also quality of life, quality of sleep, and the ability to handle the stress. So without regular practice of meditation, everything just becomes a sheer talk, right? You know, it's all we're talking until we put it to practice. One must take a practice of meditation to see the results, which leads to the path of, which is a path to the path to spirituality. Mm-hmm. Ashwini, did you have anything you wanted to add about meditation? Yeah, um, there have been numerous uh, research uh, that has been conducted, especially by our parent organization of Yoga Bharati, which is Vivekananda Yoga Research Foundation. And we have shown that um, some of the practices, they, could, they, they can be sitting practices, they can be even meditation in, in a slow-moving asana practice. Uh, there is no one uh, type of meditation, there is no one type of um, you know, my style, your style, all that is wonderful. But basically, sit down. Basically, practice. And we have seen that uh, in Vivekananda Yoga Research Foundation, uh, just one technique of cyclic meditation, we found that there have been 18 research papers, and all of them have shown consistent uh, improvement in, uh, as Anil said, this quality of sleep and various uh, parameters, health parameters. These are physical parameters. Um, then now going deeper into spiritual self-discovery, we can, uh, of course, these things cannot be proved by any one easy research uh, parameter, but we can see uh, improvement just in, in a few settings of practice also. Although, yes, uh, Anil is right that it takes years and years of practice, but one should not feel discouraged by that because the results are also here and now many a time. Mm-hmm. So just add to one point, I, I thought I would, it's important for, for, uh, for meditation practitioners. Um, there is nothing like one fits for all, right? Um, there are so many different techniques, and uh, there are a lot of organizations who are specialized in some of the meditation techniques, right? So um, it's not that one meditation fits all. So one practitioner has to kind of experiment and what works best for his personality, right? And uh, then if you start exploring different techniques, uh, finally we end up getting confused, right? You know, not see the results. So pick the one which suits the personality and uh, and deepen the practice. That's key. Rather than flipping on, flopping, flip-flopping between two different type of practices, just uh, identify the practice which suits the suits the individual and then stick to that and practice uh, for the rest of the life. Yeah, and, and also it's good to keep, uh, you know, association with one organization, one guru, one acharya. All these are very important because uh, otherwise, yes, as Anil says, we can quickly get swayed away. And uh, as they say, if you want to go and dig into a well, start with one place and continue until you find water as opposed to keep on digging everywhere. That is uh, the key to meditation practice. Right. It just reminds me of another uh, quote from uh, Yogananda. Let your devotion to, to God be like a wood fire that burns steadily for a long time, not like a straw yeah. fire that produces a bright flame, then quickly goes mm-hmm. out. Yeah. yeah right. Wonderful quote, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Anil, you, you mentioned this, but I did want to kind of underline it for our listeners. 
So practice of meditation really leads back into the things that we were talking about earlier. So the self-discipline, self-study, uh, and uh, self-surrender in that it's kind of a, you can get a uh, positive reinforcement cycle going, you know, where you meditate and then you are more aware of, oh, um, that really helps me, um, you know, feel calmer during the day and not be reactive. So it helps in the self-study. And then the fact that you're having these positive experiences in meditation then can lead to an improvement in your uh, in tapas, right? In your willingness and ability to follow through on the things that you, uh, that you set your mind, the goals that you set for yourself. So if you're having wonderful experiences, it, you're seeing the benefits, the wonderful benefits of meditation, it makes you more likely to want to be self-disciplined, you know, and get up early, for example, get up that, you know, 15 minutes early and, and set aside that time for meditation. And then, of course, being able to have that space, you know, that uh, space that we were talking about, Ashwini, that opens up, that allows us to see our reactions. So I feel like they all, all of them really reinforce each other. And the trick is to get, is to get going. So um, when we, uh, when we come back from the break, um, we will be turning to um, uh, self-discovery and yoga therapy. Um, you're listening to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for a regular guest, I'm sorry, regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. Today's guests are Anil Surpur, President of Yoga Bharati, and Ashwini Surpur, Director of Yoga Education at Yoga Bharati. Both Anil and Ashwini are a teach in yoga t- teacher training programs at Yoga Bharati. You can find out more about their offerings at the website yogabharati.org, and Bharati is B-H-A-R-A-T-I. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Do you ever find yourself stuck? Slow down and breathe. Bring to mind a person who you admire. Ask yourself, what actions would they take? Would they make a list of possibilities? How about making a list of the things that they're grateful for? Here's another. Reaching out and asking the person you admire for guidance. Finding yourself stuck is similar to being in a dark room with messengers of fear invading your goodness. Pick yourself up. Cut a hole in that wall and let the light in today. Get more inspiration. Listen to Clarity 101 with Glenda Gibbs on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time. Take the first step. You're worth it. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. My guests today are Anil Surpur, President of Yoga Bharati, and Ashwini Surpur, Director of Yoga Education at Yoga Bharati. You can find out more about the programs that are offered at their website, yogabharati.org. So Ashwini, I noticed on the um, 
there's a description on the uh, internet actually of a class that you teach yoga therapy class for children with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or ADHD. So I was very interested in this. I wanted to ask you about it. How does practicing yoga help with memory development? Right. So ADHD, as you all know, um, it's much heard of these days. One in 10 children, according to CDC, uh, have ADHD. And at Yoga Bharati, we have conducted some workshops and we have really seen a very good result. And uh, our inspiration to conduct uh, ADHD-related workshops comes from Vivekananda Yoga Research Foundation, where they have some research papers where they showed about 43% improvement in spatial memory scores on children with only 10 days of yoga practice. So this encouraged us to start the workshop. Yeah. So we introduced uh, dynamic practices like sun salutations, the practice of balancing poses like the tree pose, yogic games. We really do little uh, games to bring presence of mind. And uh, we also practice, uh, it is amazing to see how children uh, with gazing meditation practices like Trataka, like gazing at a flame, gazing at Om picture, uh, we found out that uh, their uh, focus improved and from the day they joined the first class to about 12th class, we could see that the kids who were not able to sit for even a minute, they were uh, meditating for about 10 minutes towards the end. Mm. And uh, it was amazing to see how they just how it all came together in just about 12 classes over a period of about uh, six weeks. And we also involved them in yama and niyama practices. We give them stories, anecdotes on various uh, young yogis, like especially India, Indian uh, scriptures have a lot of stories on young yogis like uh, eight-year-old Druva, Nachiketa, and various such uh, kids. And those inspired them. And even modern yogis like Vivekananda, when he was young, meditated a lot. And all these inspired them to continue to meditate. And we saw tremendous results. And uh, we teach the children to actually uh, unlearn as opposed to learn. I, I, I would like to say this. What, is that, what does that mean? While the school teaches them how to learn and while it teaches them how to focus with effort, everything in school is about effort, putting a lot of effort. Here we teach them effortlessness, how to flow, how to simply let go. And that is something uh, that is really missing in, in education system and that makes them uh, stressed, you know, learning... For according to them, is just simply a lot of burden. And we try to make it fun. We tell them learning is about relaxation and just flowing with the practice of mm. learning. So these are some of the things we taught. And we included parents along with this. And they were very, very happy to see their you know, joint development of uh, children together with um, the yoga teachers that we have. And also, as Ashwin mentioned, you know, that to add, uh, relaxation is the key to learning, right? So when they relax, then that's where they slow down their, their activities and mind and presence of mind, it means to letting go. So that's, that's the key thing. Hmm. Well, I think that's uh, really important work. So it's very, um, was lovely to read that you're applying yoga in that population. So you both are yoga teachers and yoga therapists. So what do you see as um, opportunities for yoga therapy over the next five to ten years? Yeah, uh, with the non-communicable diseases on the rise, yoga therapy is no longer a nice-to-have or it's something that is esoteric. It's just something that is absolutely needed, and we can see that more and more hospitals are uh, including these prenatal yoga and various yoga classes in their campuses or in their uh, hospitals. Um, yoga for cancer rehabilitation has become a concept that is pretty fast-raising. Uh, um, there are a number of research papers nowadays on the effectiveness of yoga, and that makes it much more uh, compatible with modern uh, medical practice. And we can assume uh, pretty soon every big and small hospital or clinic will start having a yoga therapy division and uh, I would see that there will be a huge need for yoga therapists and a huge scarcity for yoga therapy teachers. Uh, what we say, there is research on one side and there is um, uh, 
basically yoga teachers who are doing fitness style uh, yoga uh, for more of a healthy population. But what is really missing is what uh, I say from uh, the research to bedside. That, mm. that uh, path has to open up now. And that is where uh, we at Yoga Bharati are trying to bring more yoga therapy uh, training to create more and more yoga therapy teachers and so they can uh, eventually fill this gap. And yes, there are definitely challenges on this. We still have uh, acceptance to be built among uh, medical practitioners because yoga, there are so many styles. There is, it's not a, uh, easy, as easy as seeing you know, something that is being fixed in the body. We cannot really open up, uh, dissect, and see what is happening. And it is more about mind. It's about uh, experience. It's about inner discovery. And those uh, are, uh, you know, not so easy to to prove or disprove, for that matter. So it it is it has its challenges. But I think uh, we will definitely see a huge need for yoga therapy in the future. Yes, I I agree with you. And I uh, I did want to just mention for our listeners who are listening in uh, real time that there is an uh, International Association of Yoga Therapists conference that's coming up. It's actually starting next week in uh, Newport Beach, California, uh, June 4th to 7th. And so if there's any interest out there, people should go to the uh, IAYT website, IAYT standing for International Association of Yoga Therapists, um, and look at for details on their CITAR, uh, S-Y-T-A-R conference, which is the Symposium on Yoga Therapy Research. Um, so um, what advice would you give someone who uh, wants to see a yoga therapist? Yeah, um, I would like to uh, take this and say that uh, you have to find what works best for you. Uh, definitely, it's not like, you know, uh, yoga therapy, again, is a new field, and you will find a lot of yoga teachers, but finding yoga therapist is not something that you can do uh, so uh, quickly and easily. So try and uh, approach, be open, uh, go ahead and try, do some um, what I call window shopping in the sense, go ahead, take those mm-hmm. classes. As long as you're not hurting yourself, just listen to your body and uh, see for yourself what works best and uh, be uh, try and look for something that is holistic as opposed to just an one um, you know one physical practice uh, try and uh, cater to all aspects all five layers of your uh, body and uh, i would like to say that uh, yoga bharati uh, also offers a lot of uh, free pra- uh, classes and things like that and i am sure I have also attended um, sessions at uh, CSE where um, yoga have uh, we you have yoga classes as well as meditation sessions. It's good to just go attend them and then see what works best for you and then pick from that area. Uh, that's uh, how I would do it if I were the uh, person looking for yoga therapy uh, for mm-hmm. my condition. And very okay. soon uh, we will be having a, on June 21st. It's declared as the international. Uh, yoga day and by uh, UN and uh, we will be showcasing a lot of events as a part of that and we'll be inviting many yoga studios to participate in that. The one event that we have is on in Balance Park on June 21st morning and uh, we would be inviting CSC, we would be inviting very many yoga studios to participate in that and uh, you know go attend these kind of uh, conferences and like you said, IAYT conference, many, many yoga studios and yoga therapy studios, I would say, participate in there, and it will be nice to attend them and learn uh, what is best for you. Well, I think that's great advice. So with that, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. Um, You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. I've been discussing self-discovery through yoga with our guests Anil and Ashwini Surpur from Yoga Bharati. You can find out more about the programs offered at Yoga Bharati at the website yogabharati.org with Bharati spelled B-H-A-R-A-T-I. Thank you so much, Anil and Ashwini, for joining us. 
Thank, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Laurel, for, for hosting us, and thanks to um, uh, ji for, uh, for giving us a positive to uh, share our uh, knowledge and experience on, on Yoga Hour Show. Yeah, it's been a lovely conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Also wanted to thank Jeff in the sound booth. Uh, join us next week on the Yoga Hour for Yoga's Path of Strength, Resilience, and Peace of Mind. I'm going to be joined by... Beryl Bender-Birch, who is founder and director of the Hard and the Soft Yoga Institute and the best-selling author of several books on yoga, including Power Yoga and Yoga for Warriors, Basic Training in Strength, Resilience, and Peace of Mind. We'll be discussing yoga's exceptional tools for building resilience and healing from trauma. For information about the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, visit csecenter.org. CSE's Meru Institute offers a modern way with ancient roots to learn and teach the life-transforming tools of yoga, Ayurveda, and community ministry. Check CSE's website, csecenter.org, for more details about the one- and two-year diploma programs. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then... Remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Every moment we live can be holy. And all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer. And by using our innate creativity with intention in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Rev. Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now in the silence to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, 
the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 